Hey friend, welcome to The Problem with Perfect. We are a cross-generational conversation that focuses on creating a meaningful, imperfect life through the lens of our mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health. Each week, we will share our own experiences as recovering perfectionists or use our journalistic training to interview expert guests. We promise to be transparent and real in that each episode will leave you uplifted, encouraged, and believing you are enough. So pull up a chair and have a seat. There's always a place for you at our table. Welcome back to another episode of The Problem with Perfect. Hey, Robin. Rachel, how are you, girl? I am good. How are you? I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I have to tell you, after we podcasted last week, I've been a little like worried about you. So extra prayers have been said for you because last week I just felt like you were just stressed. And what do I say? Whirly and twirly and chaotic and not in a good way, which. Oh, well. That's I not good. <laughs> completely stole that from somebody. Well, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that that's coming from a place of, I just know you have a lot on your plate. Well, thank you, Robin. Yes, everything is going fine. Um, but it's kind of fun because we just did an episode recently about checking in on New Year's resolutions and mm-hmm. kind of a, a mid-year check-in. And I heard this way of thinking that's about goals and resolutions and kind of like a different way to look at it that I haven't heard before. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. I got to tell you, I have been super pumped about this topic. It's kind of like one of those things that's like simple, but revolutionary and has really been blowing my mind and really been making me stop and think about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and, and what, what is really the outcome that I'm looking for? So I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. And like you said, especially on the heels that we just talked about, you know, how are we doing for 2022? Are we maximizing our goals? And I think goals are super important to perfectionists and recovering perfectionists, whatever we want to call ourselves. And so I think that this is a topic that our listeners are going to really enjoy as well. Yeah. The other day, Robin, I was thinking, I need more goals for my life. Like I need to have more direction, (laughs) which is kind of funny because I probably have too many, but I don't know. Maybe it's just like the. No, wait, I'm like shocked by what you just said. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I need to have more forward thinking direction and goals and stuff. (laughs) So I don't know. It's kind of funny. Well, and so, yeah, so we can try this exercise today and see if it helps you get to that place where you feel like, okay, my, my vision for the future is perhaps. Yes. Okay. So you may be like me and you love goals. You think like, if you have goals, it's a really good thing. You feel like you have, um, a direction of where you're going. You have something to achieve, but not everybody does well with creating goals or resolutions, which is why Robin, I think your word for the year is always a really good thing to do. Another strategy that we're going to talk about today is something called anti-goals. So basically, instead of goals that focus on what you want, anti-goals focus on what you don't want. So it's like an inversion model. And the person who coined this was an entrepreneur, Andrew Wilkinson, And basically he and his partner, when they were trying to figure out their goals for their company, they were like, 
you know, what would be our worst day at the office? And kind of what they were saying was, we'd be in long meetings, we'd be traveling, we'd be tired, all these different things. They just listed them out and they decided to create their work completely the opposite of that, the anti-version of that. So they didn't do meetings in the morning so people could sleep in. They focused on just emails or texts instead of meeting in person if they didn't have to. And they felt like things were actually what they wanted to be by figuring out what they didn't want it to be. So that's the whole idea behind an anti-goal. Yep. And in doing so, I think they really were trying to figure out how could they make their days consistently more enjoyable, which who doesn't want more days of enjoyment? In fact, uh, Tom and I and our, you know, our 30, 30 day challenge, right. That we're doing. So is it over? What day are you on? Uh, I have to look, I have to be honest. When we went on vacation for five days, we did not have it. So it was okay. imperfect, but we're back at it. But it's hard for me to admit that because I was like, no, it's, it's my 30 day challenge. Uh, like, you know, so, yeah. but, uh, vacation got in the way of it, but, uh, so we were on first Thessalonians five, like chapter verse, I don't know, towards the end of it, 15 or something. And it talks about be joyful constantly and pray always mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, are there two harder things in the Bible? <laughs> Yeah, no, there are harder things, but, but just that whole <laughs> idea of, of constantly being joyful is really, really hard. And so whenever, uh, we started looking into this, this t- topic, it tied so perfectly to me with that. It's like, Oh, that's so fun. Look at this informing your Bible time. <laughs> I know. I agree. I agree. I, I told you I had some God wings in my life today. This was, you know, one of them was like, oh, wait, this, this really does align with, with, you know, what Paul says to the, the church, uh, in Thessalonians that like, be joyful, like God wants us to be joyful and it's hard. And I think sometimes it's because we get so focused on our goal, right. That we'll do anything to get there. And so in the, in the process, it's like that song from Toby Mac says, you know, I don't want to gain the whole world to lose my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, but gosh, sometimes it, it, it really feels like we're doing it and it is not enjoyable. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is, that's the example that this entrepreneur gave us. He noticed that similar lines to what you just said, Robin, of gaining the whole world that was what he was noticing of that. Some of these people around him who he would have looked up to, who felt like they were super successful, had their marriages falling apart. They weren't Mm -hmm. sleeping very much. Mm -hmm. So he looked at what, I guess in this case, what, what you're saying is you would think of what is something that doesn't bring me joy and how can I create a life that gets rid of those things that are joy sucking for me. Right. Yeah. That's really well said. That's exactly right. For people who don't know anything about this, which I didn't until this, but yeah, like thinking about what is that worst possible day look like? What is that? Those things that like, if this happened, I would be miserable and Mm -hmm. then avoiding those things. So, and like, what does it look like to like physically and what do, how do you present when you're in that state? Like when I am not joyful, like how do I show up? 
Mm-hmm. And would 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 I die if someone said, "Oh my gosh," and I, and I've told you the story about like this guy that Tom ran into, right? Who said, "Oh my gosh, you're married to Robin." May Robin Schuster. She was such a B in high school. Remember me telling you that story? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I kind of forgot about that. That is so terrible. Uh, well, first of all, who says that? But, but I'm horrified yeah, by that. Problem. I'm horrified that's by his that. problem though. He should not be calling you that, <laughs> but I would be horrified if people are like, oh yeah, you know, she's such a B. I don't even like to be around her. Like that to yeah. me would be one of those things that, uh, that would be a terrible day. If everyone who had interacted with me just walked away from it, thinking she's a negative B like, yeah. um, so, so those are the sorts of things we can begin to think through as we think about what would it be like for us to create our, our own anti-goals? Yeah. And I think that this can be overwhelming, just like a resolution be overwhelming. And so maybe a good place to start as we're thinking about this is like breaking it up into categories. Mm -hmm. Like what, what does the anti-work life look like? What does your anti-relationship look like? Your home life and kind of piecing things together that way. Because to me, if I try and think about my anti, just everything, it's like very overwhelming. It's hard to know where to start. Yeah, I think that, that that was a good point as well, because um, it's easy to say, like, professionally, I want to I want to get promoted and I want to make this amount of money by the time I'm this age. Like, those are like pretty concrete, definitive goals. But the, I don't think that oftentimes we stop and think, yeah, but what it co- at what cost is is are those things inherently going to make me happy? Or is it the things that those things bring me? So like, I want to be able to provide for my family and the security that provides. I want to feel like I'm valued and that I'm doing work that's really important. And that I excel at that. Like, Hey, I'm good at this because if we're good at this work, then that's how we get promoted. Right. Um, so, uh, I think this whole anti-goals, for me, help me kind of take a step back and go, well, I, it's easy maybe to, to say, these are my goals, but like really what's behind those goals, which is really more important. Mm-hmm. And what do you recommend is like figuring out what's behind those goals? Was it just when you were doing that process yourself today, was it just time of reflection or did it kind of take a while for you to get there to that moment? Well, that's a great question. I think for me, it just kind of happened intuitively as I thought about the things that I want to want to achieve, like, and, and I I guess also like, I feel like an old fart saying this, but I've been around long enough to know that like lots of times, whenever you get what you want, it's not quite as satisfying as you expected it to be. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I also thought about the podcast that I did a couple of weeks ago with the, the owners of the toasty goat. And I think it was Rachel that said she was a teacher and she always wanted to be a mom. And then she had her baby and guess what? It was really hard mm-hmm. and it was harder than she expected it to be. And the same has been sort of true with owning their business. So their, their business is booming. It's great. It's everything they wanted it to be 
but it's also really hard and it's hard not to lose the things that are important, like the flexibility. Oh, we want to have our own business so we can be flexible or we want to do these things. And those things that were at the forefront, it's easy for those things to get lost. So I also thought a lot about that. And, um, that's a really good point because when we think about goals, who some, people always say like every yes is also a no mm-hmm. to a lot of other things. Right. And so it's like, as you're coming up with your anti goals, I think the first step is really picking up, pick a lane of what you want to talk about. And then what is it that your anti-life looks like? Okay. That helps you decide what you do want. Um, but just maybe, I think a solution for that Robin would be check-ins with yourself. Like maybe every three months be like, okay, am I aligned with my anti-goals or what I really want my life to look like? What, if the answer is yes, that's great. Has it cost me anything? And just kind of, just like how we did this yearly check-in, realigning with yourself to make sure that you are happy with where you're going, because I think that's one piece of advice I hear a lot as a young person is that people will say, don't let someone else write your life for you, or you're living just someone else's life of what you think you should do. Um, I think that's easy to do when you're young. And so just having that intentionality of deciding what you really want to do, and then checking in with yourself quite often. So that way, if you are veering off the wrong path, you can course correct. Yeah. Well, and one of the benefits of this, I think, is that it does help hold a, help us hold ourselves more accountable. Like, and it does that in some ways, which I have mixed feelings about this by invoking fear, right? Mm-hmm. So like, we think like, what's the worst possible day look like, or what's the worst possible outcome that can come in our, in our personal life or um, in our physical life, you know, um, because that's part of it that they say, you know, what are the things that, that you fear? Like I, mm. I, like my grandpa died from a heart attack at 52 and I've always wow. sort of feared that, right. That I was gonna, my heart wasn't going to be sturdy and that I would, yeah. I would die of heart disease. Right. And so that does inform my motivation on the flip side. So uh, I've also been talking or thinking about this in, in light of, you know, Madison this week takes her nurse practitioner board exam. Woo. Yeah. So big week coming up for her, but if she is looking for an NP job, I think that this is a great thing, a great exercise to use, right? Because when you start a new job, it's easy to get sucked into oh, this or that, right? But what do you want your, what are you scared to death that your life is going to look like, right? <laughs> so good. Robin, that's like every person trying to find their job should totally listen to what you just said right there. Well, thank you. That's so sweet of you. I hope my daughter listens, but, (laughs) but I think that she, that's part of the reason why she wanted to go back to to school and, and become a nurse practitioner because, um, some of the things that she was experiencing and be expected to do were just like, she's like, uh, I don't want to do this for the thought of doing this for the rest of my life makes me want to cry. Yeah, I know that's terrible. And I know there's a lot of people who feel that way, especially in healthcare right now, because it is still just so hard, but I, I know I, I made me think of someone I know who really wanted to work from home and have flexible hours, which you can get now, mm-hmm. but if you're going to have to go somewhere where you're expected to be 
at your desk all day long. Okay. Well, maybe that's not going to be a good job for you. Right. So if, a, if that thought freaks you out, scares you, makes you feel like, Oh, that sounds terrible. Then you know that. Right. And so that should inform, form your decisions. Yeah. And I really resonate with your, um, anti goal of not wanting to have a heart attack at 52. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that's motivated me to stay healthy too, is like looking at my future and not wanting to have a lot of health problems and saying, okay, well, if that's what I don't want, that's my anti goal Mm -hmm. of aging, then what do I need to be doing now to make sure that doesn't happen? Right. Yeah. And, and holding yourself accountable. Cause like, it's like, I know this is what I don't want. Right. And so if I don't want that, then here's the alternative. Uh, and we talked about dying early, which it seems like this is the appropriate time to say that this inversion was made famous by one quote from a man named Charlie Munger, who I believe worked with Warren Buffett. Isn't that right? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, but he said, all I want to know is where I'm going to die. So I'll never go there. Yeah. <laughs> right. So there's that physical death, but also I think just, uh, metaphorically speaking, like where do marriages go to die? Where do friendships go to die? Uh, actually, you know, you're our big dreamer. Where do dreams go to die? Right. I think dreams go to I die. <laughs> dreams go to go to die uh when people are in debt and they don't feel like they have any choices right yeah um so so i really liked that quote and to just think about it in a broader terms uh because i think with traditional goals oftentimes we just envision this optimal outcome like oh this is going to be so great and then when we build these lives all geared to meeting that goal and that outcome um then we just miss out on some of the really beautiful, important things. And I think a little bit of us does die and it's not, it's not the best version of life, let alone the best version of ourselves, which again, goes back to tie to what I was reading, you know, with Tom in the Bible, you know, like if God calls us to be joyful always, then gosh, doesn't it feel like we're doing something wrong here? (laughs) Yeah. A lot of it is like stressful, right? It's a stressful world right now. It is at least for me. (laughs) And I, and I'm beyond, you know, like a lot of the really stressful things in life, but it's just easy to get sucked into, um, the things that, uh, that just take the joy from our lives. So, so I think that, that, uh, I hope it's helpful for people to understand what this anti-goal framework might look like. So I think so too. I, this really gave hopefully our listeners a lot to think about and like a good place to get started. I am curious for all of our listeners who try this out, if they feel like it helps them reorient themselves to what they really want, because it is something new. I hadn't heard of it either until we talked about it. And to all of our listeners, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey friend, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're honored that you're sharing your day with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way you get a notification when new episodes are released. And hey, we'd love for you to share this podcast with your friends and family. So make sure you do that. And remember, whatever you're going through, there's always enough grace for you today. So be sure to give it to yourself.